Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. If you're looking for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style, Empowerography would love to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners, Quartz and Canary Jewelry and Wellness Company. Please use code EMPOWER15 to receive 15% off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com. Quartz and Canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style. Hello there, I'm Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Fran Garden. She is a pain management coach. How are you doing today, Fran? I am fantastic. How are you, Brad? I'm doing very well. Thank you so very much for taking the time to be here today and share a bit about your story and your journey with us. I'm looking forward to learning a bit more about what you do, who you are, and and sharing it with the audience. So, Thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. So let's jump right in then. So as I mentioned, Fran, you're a pain management coach. I had no idea there was such a thing as a pain management coach. How long have you been a pain management coach? And can you share with us a bit about what a pain management coach does? Sure. So (laughs) that's an interesting question. How long have I been dealing with pain? Many, many years. How long have I been coaching people on pain? Many, many years. How long (laughs) have I been calling myself a pain management coach? Probably about the last year and a half to two years. And basically, you know, becoming a pain management coach, you can get certifications on that. Your knowledge on the body, how chronic pain works, how it affects the body, information about the fascia, the connective tissue in the body, and the different ways of dealing with pain and strategies on how to minimize pain. So there's a lot of components to pain management Mm -hmm. and to itself. So I've done some anatomy things. I've done some pain management things. I just recently participated in a chronic pain management course, which was run through the self-management resource center in California. So there's lots of things out there. And with, you know, any topic, the more you learn, the better you're able to help people. Oh, for sure. 100%. So Fran, what were you doing as a career before you decided to venture into this journey you're on now as a pain management coach? I was an adult educator for English as a second language with the Catholic school board for 16 years. Oh, wow. Okay. And then prior to that, I worked in, I've always been in education teaching. I was Mm -hmm. educating through the city of Kitchener in their anti-racism project, the Wellington School Board as well. So what inspired your journey into entrepreneurship then? My chronic pain. (laughs) Everything, you know, the thing is that the struggle with the traditional system, the medical Mm -hmm. tradition, medical system is that they look at things only from one perspective and they tend to, and this is my experience. I mean, it's it's a broad generalization, but they tend to look more at the symptoms rather than looking at the cause of something. Right. So I found that I went through all the medicals, I had all the testing, all the imaging, and and there really was nothing that was helping my pain. So I thought I need to branch out and find new things and then just through my own struggle and my own journey i was 
listening to people and people that have fibromyalgia like myself mm-hmm. and I have friends that have it and they're just like, well, that's just how life is and you have to be in pain all the time and you just have to deal with it. And I thought, well, that is the biggest load of horse crap I've ever heard. <laughs> you could swear on here, friend. It's okay. Well, I can't. Okay, yes. then. So like, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I think, you know, I'm not an old person and even my friends who have this, I mean, some of them, when we were talking about this, they were in their forties and I'm thinking you're going to suffer with pain, like debilitating pain that puts you in bed for days on end and not participate in life and just go, Oh, well, that's just the way it is. Oh, I don't think so. That's just not how I live my life. Right. I, I like that you mentioned the fact about Western medicine, the way they deal with things and treating the symptom and not finding out the root cause. I was just speaking with someone about this type of thing. She's a naturopathic doctor. And she said, we were talking about the differences between naturopathic and Western medicine and how that when you go in to see your doctor in your Western medicine realm, the first thing to do is, oh, here you go, prescribe this drug. And that's it. You know what I mean? Like that's what they jump to. And in like, as you mentioned, treating the symptom and that's it. Not looking at what the root cause of the problem is, but here you go, just take this pill. That'll, this will fix you up. And there's so, you know, and, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with taking medication. I mean, I know lots of people who do, and if that's what you need to do, I mean, f- go ahead. Like yeah. you need to live through your day, being able to not just function, yeah. but get through your day and enjoy your life. But like you said, and that's what I've experienced. There's only so much that medication can do or the traditional methods. There are so many components to pain. Like pain is attached to emotions. Like I do, I don't just do the physical part with my clients. We do emotional stuff. We do forgiveness. We do managing time, managing boundaries, saying no, like all those things in life and emotions are sort of the biggest thing that I deal with, that I dealt with myself and with my clients. Those emotions have to go somewhere. They have to be released. And if we don't release them, they just manifest as pain in the body. Exactly. I was just going to say that I have a friend who is a trauma coach and she was talking about her personal experiences and how she went through a lot traumatically and it manifested itself in incredible areas of pain in her body. It does. And once you learn to heal the emotional part of that, it helps you get on the road and on the right track for your healing process overall as a human and helping reduce or eliminate that pain. Absolutely. And I think that's why, you know, now when I reflect back and it just kind of popped into my head as we're talking and, you know, people that gave me this advice for lack of a better word to just kind of deal with it. And that's just how life was. You know, having gone through my own journey and dealing with all of my emotional things and healing that, yeah, I can understand why some people don't actually want to do that because it's kind of yucky and it's hard and it's very exhausting and it's Uh a lot of work. So, yeah, it's easier to just not do it. Getting down into the muck and and clearing it away. thats I've always said this, that everything starts with self. We are... Self is the foundation for absolutely everything. And looking at ourselves in the mirror and looking within ourselves. And I mean, a lot of people don't like to do it because they don't like what they see and they don't want to deal with what's in there. But if they just realize that if you do deal with that, how much better off you'll be as a human being and as a person and how that ripples out into the world Mm -hmm. to help others. Yeah. 
It's true. Like It's just, it's that ripple effect. It's just incredible. So you've mentioned a little bit about your own personal journey and struggles. You, you suffer from fibromyalgia. Can you speak to us a little bit more about your personal journey? And as you said, this led you into this profession, this career that you're in. So can you speak a bit more about your own personal struggles? Sure. I always find this question interesting and I'm sure you get it with all of your guests. They're like, where do I start my story? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, much that happened. So I'll say, I'm going to say around 2010, I was working as an adult instructor at the school board. And on a daily basis, I was taking gravel and Advil like like candy, just so I could get through my day because my nausea was unreal. I had headaches. And I literally, I don't know how I got to work and how I actually did my job, but I would go to work take whatever gravel and stuff I needed. So I wasn't nauseous all the time. And by the t- when I got home, I just go to bed. Like that just was my life for a very long time. And then what happened was, and I remember this so clearly, it was this first Sunday of January. I was out with my husband and my in-laws and my, my family. And we were having brunch in downtown Toronto and I felt really nauseous and I, and I had like really blurry vision and I was like, I don't feel so good. And fine. We finished brunch, go home and my husband had to take me to emerge because I was so ill and they couldn't find anything. They gave me some meds, sent me home. And at this point I had a migraine and I had blurry vision. Okay. I get up the next morning and I go to work. And so meanwhile, this nausea and blurry vision had been going on for many months. And I just thought I was overtired and exhausted and working too much and stress and all that. Anyway, that next morning, the Monday morning, I went to work, walked into my classroom, turned on the lights, and I lost my vision. Holy shit. Yeah, holy shit is right. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> <laughs> like, sorry, my language. But no, it's okay. It's okay. And I'm holding myself up against the wall. And so the vision went out of one of my eyes. The other one was a bit blurry, but I could still see through it. And I was nauseous. Like I, I don't, I don't even know how I drove myself to work to be perfectly honest. So I stagger and literally against the wall up to my manager's office. And this is first thing before class even starts. And she's like, what is happening? I'm like, I can't see out of my eye and I'm really nauseous and I need to go home. And she starts talking. I'm like, and I just went bye-bye. And I, and I remember. Like, oh, <laughs> didn't even let her finish. I'm out of here. I don't know how I got home. I obviously drove myself. Yeah. The doctor, my doctor, he was like, you need to go see an optometrist. I called the optometrist. I go in there, like immediately they took me in and she looks at my eyes and she goes, you need to go to the emergency department right now. And I'm going to call them. They're waiting for you. And I'm like, oh shit. Right. Yeah. I get there. Anyway, they don't know what's going on. Meanwhile, I have a migraine. I can't see. So I ended up, because of that episode, in bed for four months with a migraine and not being able to see out of one of my eyes. Complete vision loss. And so that kind of was sort of, I would say, the big moment, the start of my journey. And what happened was the ophthalmologist said that people who have a lot of stress, this is a very common thing that happens, the fluid in the back of the eye sort of leaks out and pushes on the retina and distorts the vision. And it happens a lot, but usually the brain just corrects the vision for you. So you only see out of one eye, but you think you're seeing out of both. And my brain decided that it wasn't going to do it and then gave me a raging migraine. And I'm not even kidding, Brad. Like people don't believe me. I, my husband would take me to the hospital and we spent probably a month going back and forth to emerge and going to appointments CT scans, MRIs, all that before they figured out what was going on. Like they had, I thought I had a brain tumor or cancer, or, like they didn't know. And they would have to manually 
push the medication to get rid of my migraine through my vein. It lasts for maybe 20 minutes and then I'd have a migraine again. It was unreal, like just crazy. And so from there, I went down to part-time teaching. My vision eventually came back, all induced by stress, all this whole situation. So I went down to part-time teaching and then I thought, yeah, you know, when you work for the school board and you work for other people, the rules that come down are other people's rules and you don't really have a whole lot of say. So there's a lot of stress there. And so I decided that I would go to part-time teaching and try and think about other options. And at that time, I had started playing roller derby and I was a trainer, the head trainer on my team. So I was like, oh, I should probably get some knowledge about the body and things like that. So then I became a certified personal trainer. And then that business just started building and I started, you know, more clients. And then I got diagnosed with fibromyalgia. And from there, I was like, okay, now we got to figure things out even more. So sometimes the universe like tells you things and like I've lost my vision. You need to make a change and you kind of make a change and you think this is good enough. And then the universe goes, "Uh uh-uh, nope. (laughs) And then they give you something else. So yeah. Then the fibro diagnosis came and there were points where I was like, I lived in pain. I think out of, out of 10, I was on a 15 on a daily Holy basis. Holy shit. Yeah. And I'm not exaggerating. And people who have fiber or have chronic pain, if they're listening to this or they're going to be like, uh-huh, I know what you're talking about. Yep, I do. Because now, now I'm like, today I'm zero. I have no pain and I feel great. But back then... It was so high. And then I started pulling back from teaching and doing other things. And then my pain went lower to like, I was like at an eight. And I'm like, eight's good. Yeah. Not good. (laughs) But But it's good compared to 15. Absolutely. And so then I had an injury on my wrist, actually. And there was this big lump in my wrist. It's kind of like, I don't know if it was like a fatty cell thing or I don't know what it was. No one could tell me. Again, go to the medical system, do all the testing. There's nothing wrong with you. But I literally couldn't use my left hand because there was no, it was so painful and I had no strength. So I got referred by one of my my coaches to a bioenergetic practitioner. And I saw him and he was like, oh my gosh, the inflammation in your body is un." real and so he literally changed all the food that i ate and i took some supplements and he said to me you cannot exercise at all because you have so much inflammation in your body that it cannot deal with any movement that you're giving it i'm like i'm thinking well could i walk he goes no you nothing you can't do anything Yeah. yeah. So I'm a trainer. Like I'm a personal trainer. I have clients. So literally he's like, you may show them an exercise, like one rep and that's it. That's all you can do. And I'm thinking, oh my God. So for three months I didn't do anything. I followed his eating regime and took my supplements. And you know what? That lump that had been in my wrist forever completely disappeared. I have full range of motion. I have strength in it. It's completely gone. And my pain level is like zero. That's incredible. You know, it's funny, you talked about the universe and how it gives us what we need when we need it and all of that. You know, sometimes we think the situations that we're in are horrible because of things happening, but, and it may seem at the time that it's like, I can't believe this is happening to me. This is terrible, but it ends up being the best thing that could ever happen to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, and and then coming back to your question about how I decided to do this, like I was realizing with my clients and with people that I was talking to that there are all these people who are living in pain and I don't 
understand why people find it acceptable to live in pain all the time. Like, why would you, like, I had to cancel things. Like, even this conversation that we're having now, back then I would have been like, I can't sit in a chair or stand up and do this podcast for like an hour. Yeah. No, I- it was, it's so unreal to me that people choose to do what they're doing and continue to do it. And it's such, and I'll say easy, and I put that in quotation marks, there is an easy fix, right? I mean, it's hard work when you're doing it, but when you look at it, you're like, oh, like I just, I tell people, just change what you eat. I'm sure the naturopath is, then other people that you talk to are like, just change your food. And yeah. Like, change so many things in your life. But, you know, it just... In August, actually, of 2019, I called the school board and left my job. And I was like, I'm done. And they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, I just can't do this anymore. I just want to. And my business was building and I was getting more clients. And I couldn't manage it. I was getting, I was kind of getting myself back into that same situation I was, like in 2011, where I had all this stuff happening and I was doing so many things. So I'm like, no, I got to step back and walk away from it. And yeah, it's the best decision I ever made. So I got to ask then, do you think then that the huge resistance that people have or the willingness, sorry, wrong way of putting it, the willingness that people have to just deal with the pain and accept it. Do you think that's based out of fear or out of not wanting to do the work, like being lazy and not wanting, wanting to put in the work to change? Like, what do you think the reason is if, if you're convinced that we as humans don't have to live in pain like this, there is a fix if you do the work. What do you think the reason behind the resistance is then? Well, I think it's fear. Yeah. Yeah. And it's fear on the level of, okay, so let's say I change what I eat. Oh, then when I go out with family or friends, I'm going to have to, you know, be different than them. Or like when you change the way that you do things, like think about, I'll use alcoholism as a a good example. People who drink and people who don't drink. So if you're, if you now are a non-drinker, there are a lot of, things that we do that involved alcohol. And so what happens is those people, if they're not drinking anymore, their circles change. They don't stay friends with the same people. They might not have the same relationships that they had before. So it's not just the fear of, I got to change and not drink. It's Mm. all the other components in life that will also change. Right. People are afraid of that. And I think exactly what you said earlier, Brad, people are scared of themselves because yeah, there are parts of, you know, when I did my work with my coach, yeah, I did lots of forgiveness work of me as well as other people. And we're not taught to do that. We're taught to stay angry or hold resentment or, you know, not, you know, forgive that person. Yeah wronged me. And it's not about that. It's about healing yourself. And I think our viewpoint of is a little bit skewed. I think there's a lot of components, but I do think fear is the biggest thing. And it's just about the fear of change because our body, our our conscious mind wants to keep us safe and do things that are easy. So whenever we try and change something, it struggles against it, right? We go into protection mode. Absolutely. How then do you think these experiences that you've been through help shape the friend you are today, both personally and professionally? Well, I think <laughs> there's a lot of things. They've taught me that I can do hard things and get through the other side. I've learned that, you know, perspective is everything. And the way that you look at something changes how you feel about it. So my diagnosis of fibromyalgia, the lesson that I learned from that is there, yes, there are many things I can't do. That was the result of it. That's the effect. But what I learned from it is there are so many different kinds of movement that I can do that are so fun. 
and not just the typical kinds of movement. And right. my body likes it. Like my body is happy. So I can now work out and I don't mean traditional working out like lifting weights and stuff, but just other types of movement. And I can do it every day and my body's very happy. I don't have the pain that I used to have because it recovers now because it's able to recover. So there is a whole world out there of different things that we can do and try and our perspective on that really changes what you feel is available to you when you shift the look at things, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Why is this mission of helping people manage and deal with their pain so personally important to you? Because I don't want other people to suffer. There's so many things that happen in life that can be negative and can be difficult. But why would you want to put yourself in a situation where you're living in pain on a day-to-day basis? I just think it's ridiculous. I want to like disrupt the way people think about movement and the way they think about dealing with their pain and living with fibromyalgia and you know I talk to people all the time and and they don't want to do the work like like we talked about they're afraid of it it's so worth it in the end because you get your life back like that's the thing you get your life back I can do what I want I can try new things I can travel I can well maybe not right now but (laughs) we get yeah you can travel things with people and help them try and you know, get out of that cycle of pain because it is a cycle. We have control. And I feel, you know, I feel very passionate about the fact that people don't think that they have control or they just give it up so easily. And this is, this is a way for me to help them take their power back. So do you believe and think that you can help anyone who's suffering from chronic pain, whether it be fibromyalgia or any other chronic pain that they're suffering from? I can help them. Whether mm-hmm. they want the help or not is a completely yes, of course they have to be willing to to yes. take the help and put in the work for sure. But there are yes, there are small things that people can do. Like a perfect example is if you eat gluten. Okay, right. gluten is an inflammatory food. It's horrible for your gut health, especially if you're sensitive to it. Now I know not right. everybody is, but if you have chronic pain, so this is where the important piece is. Okay. If you have chronic pain, chronic pain is caused by inflammation. It's either injury, it's structural, or it's inflammation. Like those are kind of the things that cause the pain. So if I'm eating gluten, then I'm causing my gut to become inflamed. That causes inflammation through the rest of my body. So if I just gave up gluten, that would actually start to heal and reduce the inflammation. So yes, I can help anybody with chronic pain. It can be maybe about the way that you move, the way that you walk. Like all of those things are functional things. Well, those might be contributing to your chronic pain. Okay. Hmm. All right. Now, I read that you have a no bullshit coaching approach. Can you share with us briefly your process for onboarding and working with clients when you do bring a new one on board? Yeah. So, you know, I basically, we talk and discuss what's been going on with, the clients that what they've tried to get rid of their pain and how that affected them was it successful or not what they want out of working with me I do functional assessments so I do look at people see how they're moving their body and how they do things through their daily life and then we talk a little bit about you know what they want like what they're willing to do like because that's the key thing right and that's where the no BS thing comes in if you come to me and you say well I'm in tons of pain I'm like all right well let's look at what you're eating and I say Brad let's give up gluten you go well, I'm not giving up gluten I'm like okay <laughs> well then you're not going to heal your inflammation not at this point I'm not saying you can't ever have it again but at this point we need to make some changes well how about you know you start walking every day well I don't want to exercise okay well so you can't <laughs> thing, I want some change but not be willing to make any change right, right? So I am very much, um, 
I'm kind of a you get what you see kind of girl. Yeah. So I don't sugarcoat things. I don't let my clients get away with stuff. So I had a coaching call with a client today and she's like, I didn't do my homework. And I'm like, why not? And she goes, well, I'm like, okay, so, but why not? She's like, started <laughs> giving me all these excuses. I'm like, so you just chose not to do it. And she's like, well, I go, cause you chose to watch Netflix. You chose to go out with friends, but yeah. you chose not to do your homework. She's like, well, when you put it that way, yeah, I chose not to do it. I said, why? She goes, cause it's hard and I don't want to do it. And it made me uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, but that's the whole point of the coaching. Like, that's part of it is that you have to actually talk about what is happening. Well, yes, the exercise is uncomfortable. Okay, why is this activity or whatever homework I gave you uncomfortable for you? Let's dig into that a little bit, right? So I really, you know, I hold my clients accountable and I am not the person, like, I have a huge problem in the wellness industry where people are like, you can fix your problem in like 21 days. That is the biggest load of poo I've ever heard. Yeah. Or there's no quick fix. There is no quick fix. No. Anything. And anybody who tells you different is lying to you. And so I'm not going to say that. So that's another part about, I'm very direct about things. This is how long it takes. This is the work you're going to do. You have to commit to it. I will commit to you, but you also have to bring it as well. Otherwise, Yeah, you have to commit to me too. You know, I don't take all clients that come to me, Brad. So that's the the meeting, talking, seeing what's going on in their life, what kind of support system they have. That's really important. And I talk to them and find out really what they need and want and what they're willing to bring to it because there are clients that – you know, I've had clients before that are like, well, I see my chiropractor three times a week and I go to my physio twice a week. I've been in that for two years. And so can you help me with things? Yeah, absolutely not. No, because you have other problems. And I think that maybe you need to revisit why you're seeing these people all the time. Yeah. If there's nothing structurally wrong with your body, you know, I'm not taking that on. It's not, I, I you're not ready for it because there's, because, like I said, there's a lot of stuff that goes into the coaching. It's not just a physical component, right? So, I mean, you don't want to pour all your energy into a client who's not going to give that back. You 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 expect the same back as what you give. Yes, absolutely. You're doing this work because you enjoy it. You love it. And, of course, yes, money is a factor, but you want to help people. And that's the inspiration behind it all. So if you don't want to help yourself, how the fuck can I help you? Well, that's exactly it. And sometimes I have that conversation with people. Like, really, like, what do you want? You want a magic? Believe me, Brad, if there was a magic pill, I'd be selling it. Of this course. About my magic pill. It wouldn't that's, be about anything else. Right? That's, I think that's part of the problem with society today, though, is that we want this magic bullet or magic pill or this quick fix or this the, the shortcut to everything. People don't want to fucking work for the things they want. There is no shortcuts. There is no magic bullet or magic bullet. You got to fucking put in the work, plain and simple for whatever it is, whether it be starting a business, dealing with your pain, working on relationships, whatever it is, you you have to put in the work, period. Yeah, 100%. And people, you know, we, I think we really are accustomed to just this really quick gratification, like email. Yeah, we want it now. Like, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. Like email, like, oh my God, Brad didn't email me back. Like I sent him an email five minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah. 
You know, and I think we, our mentality, it, we have just created these patterns in our brain. And that's part of it too, right? Is that these patterns and these neural pathways that we've created are the path of least resistance because conscious mind is very comfortable and safe and it doesn't want anything. Well, forget about conscious mind. Let's just tell subconscious what we want and she's going to get everything for you anyway and just get the hell out of your own way. Like, yeah, you know, I, I think we've created too many conveniences for ourselves too. Absolutely. To make things too easy. Like drive through bank machines. What the fuck is that? Like, really? Get off your ass. Get out of your car and go into the bank. Yeah, it's true. Drive through pharmacies. I mean, I haven't seen any here in Canada, but I've seen them in the States. What the fuck? Drive through. Get out of your, get off your ass. Walk to the pharmacy or get out of your car and walk from your car to the pharmacy. All of these things are just encouraging that attitude of, I don't want to work for anything. I want everything now and that's it. I want all conveniences. Yeah. And it's hard. I mean, you know, we've talked about, I'm sure you've done your own stuff as well. I've done my own journey and all your guests as well. We've done the work and it's hard and the work is continuous. It's like, it's, you know, in the movie Shrek and you know, he's like an onion. I got layers. Yep. Like an onion. Yep. It's exactly like that. Like you do something and you're like, okay, I had this breakthrough. I feel really great. I've dealt with some of my issues, some of my emotions. You're like, I feel good. And then something happens. You're like, oh, you got to be kidding me. I got <laughs> yeah. I just did that. So I think that, you know, that whole idea of it's a destination. Like it's not the destination actually. It's, it's a journey. And people yeah. look at it, but what's the destination? My destination is I want to not have pain anymore. Well, why don't we look at the journey to get there? Like, yes, I want you to not have pain as well. But the sure. journey is the most important part because that's what gets you to the end result. That's but right. The work doesn't stop. The self-work is never ending. It doesn't end. There is no end to that. There is no destination when it comes to that because we should always be working on ourselves and striving to be better and striving to do better. Yeah, Absolutely. I agree. So Frank, can you share a couple of success stories of your clients or one any, or at least one? Yeah. So I had a client who came to me and her, her main goal was losing weight. That's what she came to me for. But she had so much pain that, you know, my goal for her was to reduce her pain and the effect or the bonus would be maybe she would drop some weight. So anyway, right. she up losing 30 pounds 12 weeks which was awesome wow yeah like she i mean she had a significant amount to lose but she worked really hard she changed her eating habits she started you know in our coaching sessions she started doing some of the work that we were doing together with her husband. So we would do a particular, let's say, a, a worksheet, an activity. They had a potential adopted child that they were going to get, and that fell through. So that was a huge loss for them. Right. So her and I worked through that, but then she did the same work with her husband. So they really healed that hurt, reduced her pain. She ended up learning how to swim. She had a better relationship with her husband. She's just happier. She had started her business and then her business started to be a little bit unclear. So she got more clarity on what she wanted to do for her business moving forward, found herself a coach. So like there are all these other things that happened with it, not just the fact that she reduced her pain. Like, like for me as a pain coach, that's the ultimate goal. But when you do all the other work, there are so many other things that happen. She's just happy now. And she it's, feels it's like the nerve center and everything. Once you focus on that one area, it just ripples out and all the other areas start to flourish and bloom. Yeah. And she was an emotional eater. So uh -huh. she really 
learned how to, you know, what are the triggers? How to identify them? How to like get herself out of that trigger space and yeah. then re- like recreate a pattern to get somewhere else. And so really notice what was going on with her food and, and why she was turning to food. So there are so many things that she did in when she was working with me. It's it's unbelievable. Like I'm so proud of what she's accomplished. I love it. I think that's amazing. What is one of the most common pain areas you see in your clients, if there is one? Probably the feet. Feet and the shoulders. I mean, there's some, but feet and shoulders. If you're talking, you know, if you're if you're a person that has fibromyalgia, then shoulders, glutes are really big things. But for the majority of my clients, it's their feet. Feet are the foundation to everything. I I'm a barefoot training specialist, and if you can make your feet happy and the fascia on your feet nice and flexible and movable and have lots of blood flow it will correct a lot of the other problems that you have in your body wow okay Fran, what do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful my ambition and my mental focus speaking of success how do you define that word what does the word success mean to you oh success is happiness health freedom love being able to do things to help others, being able to make choices every day that make me feel good and not mm. having to, you know, worry about what other people will think. What advice would you give someone wanting to pursue a career similar to yours? Just do it. <laughs> find somebody that can help you. Find a yeah. mentor. Find a coach, get some information, and really figure out who you want to help and why. Figure out your why. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. And really have a passion for what you're doing. And, you know, sometimes, yes, we're all in business because we want to make money. Like, we Uh all need that's life. But if if, if money is the driving force, then you're going to be poor. Yeah, you know, I've heard that if if money is money is the driving force behind why you're doing something, you're going to lead a miserable existence. It's not you might as well just get out of it. Because you got to you do you have passion is so important. You have to be passionate about what you're doing and love what you're doing. I mean, there are so many millions of people who are just getting by and just doing just because they're existing. They don't love what they do. They're not happy. And they live for the weekend. They live for those two days a week. And they piss away and wish away those five days. Yeah. Like, what a waste. What a horrible way to exist. And I mean, I I did that at, at one point in my life. I was working in the corporate world. And the last few years I was in that, I hated my job. I hated going to work. And I was living for the weekend. It's a terrible way to live. Yeah. Yeah. Or waiting to retire. Like, I mean, and I think too, like when it comes back to advice or, and this is just not necessarily for people wanting to get into the same field as me or just in general, decide what you want and don't worry about everybody else. Don't worry about how everybody else is doing it because you you are an individual. Like we're all unicorns. That's right. There is no one unicorn. Everybody's a unicorn. Yep. And we are all unique. We are all individual. And even someone else who is a pain management coach, they do things completely different than the way they do. And so me comparing myself to them is just a waste of energy. Do what you do, love what you do, and be the best that you can be at what you're doing. And if you don't know, ask for help. And that, that see, I like that you said that. First of all, the don't worry about what everyone else is doing. That competition mindset is a huge piece. Mindset is everything. 
That is such a massive piece of that puzzle is not worrying about what everyone else is doing and just do it. No one else is you, right? I was stuck in that mindset, that competition mindset. When I first started my business, my photography business, I was always worried about what everyone else is doing. And I'm telling you, once I was able to shift my mindset, which took a while, it took me about a year and a half to do it. But once I did, things changed drastically. Like my whole world opened up. I was getting more inquiries and more bookings and more clients were reaching out. And it just, it shifts everything. Yeah, it does. What was a turning point in your life and how did that affect you? I think, you know, there are so many different things. and But I think when I left my teaching job, because I stayed, I, I love teaching adult English. I, like I, I just loved it. It was my passion for a very long time. But when I left... In August 2019, I called my coach that morning and I told him that I was going to quit my teaching job and just do this full time. And he's like, okay. So I called him and he's like, why are you calling me? What is happening right now? I'm like, he goes, did you call him? Did you give your resignation? I'm like, no. He's like, why are you phoning me? And I was like, I think I want to vomit. And he's like, what? He said, I think I want to vomit. Oh, like, are you all sweaty and clammy and you're ready to just throw up your breakfast on the floor? I'm like, he goes, that's when you know you're doing the thing you need to do. He goes, make the call. Let's do this. Call me when you're done, when you quit your job. So I was like, oh my God. And it was kind of that moment where I really realized that this is what I'm meant to do. And before that I had, and if you knew me, Brad, I had always said when I was doing training and coaching part-time that I never wanted to run my own business. I never wanted to do this full-time. I said (laughs) it years, years, years. I said that. And when I made that call, that kind of was the turning point for me. Cause then I realized, Oh my God, I have so much freedom. And when I gave up that teaching job, it was the afternoon when I was teaching and I had clients in the morning and the evenings for my coaching business. And yeah. I made the call. I quit. I told my manager I was leaving, sent my paperwork to HR mm-hmm. and my phone rang and it was one of my clients. She's like, I need to switch to afternoons. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Because I never had afternoon availability till I literally quit my job. And You're then the universe, like, yeah. right? I'm like, no problem. <laughs> Hang up the phone with her. Get another call from one of my other clients. Uh, can we switch to afternoons? I'm like, uh, <laughs> yes. So it was just that kind of to me was like the universe going and you jump. So here we go. This is their yeah. Gotcha, right. So that was a really big shift for me. That's amazing. It's funny the way things work and the way the universe works. You know, it just, it gives you what you need when you need it, period. What would you say is one of the best pieces of advice you've ever received? The best piece of advice that I've ever received? Don't worry about everybody else. That probably is my best piece of advice. One of my coaches is always, don't worry about everybody else. You're doing exactly what you need to be doing in the moment that you're doing. And he used to always just repeat it to me. Just, it's just you're doing exactly what you need to. Don't worry about everybody else. Stay in your own lane. There you go. That's it right there. Stay in your own lane. What is one common myth about your profession that you'd like to debunk? I mentioned it earlier, that quick fix thing. I yeah. really, you know, there are no quick fixes and the work is, and the work is hard. Like sometimes I find in the coaching industry, it's like sunshines and rainbows and you <laughs> No, you're going to feel like garbage and shit when you go through (laughs) all of it. Once you get through the swamp, then you feel good. You feel fantastic. But it's not during the process. So that's kind of one of the things that I I find that people just sort of gloss over the difficulty that will be there. 
Yeah. And it's not quick. It does take time. That's for damn sure. It certainly does. Absolutely. What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before learning it? What was your life like after learning it? It's don't do things because other people say you should. Just, <laughs> I think it's probably one of the things. But, and I think people say it. I don't care what other people think. But the decisions that you make actually reflect that you really do care what other people think. Yeah. And I think that, and again, I had a coach, Joe Arco. He's amazing. And he's a big dude, muscle guy, been in the fitness industry for a long time, fully tattooed, like, but he's amazing. And he's a no bullshit guy. And when you see him, you're like, oh my gosh. But when you listen to him, he's like, you just be who you are. Don't let other people make you do things you don't want to do. And the people that are supposed to be with you will find you. Yes, for sure. Who in your life has had the biggest impact on you and why? My best friend, Sarah, who I lost to cystic fibrosis, but she taught me to enjoy life, laugh, have fun, and say yes to things. Sorry for your loss. Those are incredibly powerful and wise words for sure. Fran, what's your personal motto? Oh, that's a hard question, Brad. <laughs> so many things that I say on a regular basis. But I think there is always a way. That's my personal model because it doesn't matter what you're doing. You might run into obstacles, but there is always a way. You just might have to work a little harder to find. What does the word empowerment mean to you? Oh, empowerment really is about knowing who you are, knowing your value, your worth, loving yourself, and be who you were meant to be, and really not worry about fitting into what other people think you should be i that's I, maybe that's my motto don't be who other people think you should be there you go but yeah empowerment really is just about knowing yourself and knowing that you have worth and value and that you can help other people you love yourself the way you are you don't have to change Beautiful. what would you say is one of your biggest failures or we'll use the word life lessons or teachable moments and what did you learn from it I think the biggest thing was when I let stress take over my life, when I ended up in bed for four months and I was sick and I couldn't do anything. And what I learned from that, there is nothing important enough in the world to be stressed out about to the point where it ruins your health. Like there's nothing, not worth it. And so that to me really was a big lesson for me. And to, to be perfectly honest, Brad, I didn't learn the lesson right away. It took many, many years until I actually, you know, listened to what was happening and all the messages I was getting and things that were taking place in my life. And it, it just, stress takes over everything. And we let it and we shouldn't because it's just not worth it. If your health is gone, what's the point? You're right. My grandfather always used to say, if you don't have your health, you can have all the riches in the world, all the money in the world. But if you don't have your health, what good is that? It means nothing. Absolutely. You're right. 100%. And stress too. I mean, that speaks to the fact that we shouldn't stress over things we have no control over because there is so much. We really only have control over ourselves and our own emotions and that's it. It's yeah. And I, you know, I'm, I'm laughing and smiling here because I, over the past probably month, I've been talking to people about stress and stress management and going and talking to groups about it because it's so true. And we think we have control over things mm -hmm. and there are so many things that we believe we have control over but we truly don't and we stress about them and it's just such a waste of energy and time. you're right 100 percent. it is it is a complete waste of energy put your energy into something better yeah. that will benefit you 
or benefit others. We're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions just be two, three, four word answer type thing. Okay. Okay. What was your dream job as a child? Oh, I want to be a ballet dancer. Really? What's the first thing you notice about a person? Their energy and their warmth. If you were writing your autobiography, what would the title be? You'll be fine. (laughs) How would you describe yourself in one word? Passionate. What would your friends and family list as a couple of your best characteristics? I'm confident, I'm compassionate, and I'm fearless. If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? To be nice. What's one thing you want but cannot buy with money? Health. If you could change one thing about the world, what would you change? For everybody to realize that they have the power to create their own happiness. That's a good one. That's a very hard lesson for people to learn too. That concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. Can you tell me about a moment when a person's kindness made a difference in your life? Yeah, I was uh, at work and this is many years ago and I left the office and went to get coffee and lunch. So I'm at the restaurant. I think I was at a Williams, if I remember correctly. And I'm there at the cash register, ready to pay. (laughs) I don't have my wallet. I don't have anything. Like I don't even have 25 cents in my pocket. And I felt so embarrassed. And the guy that was behind me was like, it's all good. Don't worry about it. I'll just pay for yourself. And I actually had bought a lot because I used to work in healthcare. So it was like a 12 hour shift. So I bought lunch and dinner and right. lot of thing and he's like i'll pay for it i felt so embarrassed but he was just like yeah it's all good don't worry about it and i said well can i like get your phone number or i I can mail you a check or you know drop off some money go oh he goes don't worry about it he goes you make sure you do this for somebody else so forward yeah yeah and i kind of make that sort of something that i do kind of on a regular basis yeah Sometime when I'm out, I'm like, I'll just get the person behind me. If I'm in a drive-thru or or I give extra, just make sure the guy behind me in line or a woman behind me put this towards theirs. So Yeah, it's a beautiful thing when you can pay it forward. And yeah. that again, that ripple effect, you do that for someone, someone else does it for someone else, and it just yeah. keeps on going, right? Yeah, absolutely. Fran, if you had the opportunity to sit down and have a one-hour conversation with one woman, who would it be? It can be anyone in the world. The easiest question you've asked me all day, Joan of Arc. (laughs) In Joan of Arc my whole entire life. What do you do to keep yourself inspired every day and to inspire others? I remind myself that small things make a difference. So any small change is forward momentum. And I try to remind other people of that. But I also have one of my coaches got me to do what she called a brag sheet. And you write on it like all the things that you've accomplished, big or small. It doesn't have to be like I went to university or I got a medical degree or anything. Any big or small thing that you've accomplished, you learn how to swim or you learn how to ride a bike, all the things go on the list. And so on days when I feel like I'm not making progress or I'm like having just a down day or something doesn't work out right, I pull out that list and I look at it and I think about, oh my God, look at all the things that I've done. I can do this thing. I can get over this challenge. So it was a hard thing to write when we had originally been given the exercise, but now I have this and it's posted on my office wall actually. And I just go over and stand in front of it and read through it. And I go, Oh, I can do this thing. And it just kind of snaps me out of it and just gives me that extra inspiration to kind of move forward. 
That's a great idea. Amazing. What's an unexpected blessing or occurrence in your life that you're grateful for? Oh, meeting my first mentor. I went to a movement workshop that I really didn't want to go to. It was inconvenient. It was on the wrong day. I didn't want to pay for it. I registered at the last minute. I don't even know why I registered for it because I just didn't even want to go. And I almost canceled and go. And then that morning I was like, no, you're going to go because you're going to learn something. It'll be great. And I actually ended up meeting my very first mentor and he taught me so many things. And when I met him, it was like I had known him for like my whole entire life. Amazing. Meant to be. Fran, what does the best version of you look like when you close your eyes and imagine it? Happy, energetic, loved, inspired, inspiring, and I'm pretty sure I'm lying on a beach. (laughs) What is one of your favorite quotes? The body achieves what the mind believes. Love that one. That's a good one. If you could set up a billboard anywhere, where would you put it and what would it say? The body achieves what the mind believes. (laughs) And I would put it everywhere. Everywhere. All over the world. All over the world. You betcha. What lights you up and inspires you the most about the work that you do? Seeing my clients succeed and and not just achieving their goals, but actually helping them achieve and do things that they actually didn't think they'd ever be able to do. Love it. If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? You are where you're meant to be. Don't spend your life trying to get out of that position. And that there's a lesson to be learned there, good or bad. Yeah. I mean, again, life happens for us, not to us. And we do, we have to, we have to look and find the silver linings in all that happens because there is a lesson to be taken away from every experience for sure. Absolutely. Lastly, Fran, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What would you say? You're perfect and unique just the way you are. Don't try to fix yourself. Spend your time helping others. Live your life with passion, purpose, and listen to your intuition because it knows what the hell is going on. And let your unicorn self out because the other unicorns are looking for you to join the herd. (laughs) I love it. That's awesome. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Fran, for taking the time to be here today and share your story and your journey and everything that you do. I think it's incredible work that you're doing and it's it's needed. So I appreciate you taking the time to be here and I've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. You are truly an inspirational woman and I appreciate you. Oh, I appreciate you. Thank you so much, Brad. I love your podcast. I love what you're doing. Your guests have been amazing. I am not a huge podcast listener, but I listen to yours. So, well, Bye. thank you. That means more than you know to me. It is, it's honestly, it's my honor to be able to have this platform and host this platform for women like yourself to share what you ladies are doing in the world because I think it's needed. I think we need to celebrate our women. And as men, we need to stand beside our women and show women that we are allies and that we support them. So I love doing this. I love being part of these stories because that's exactly what it is. I feel like I get taken along the journey as you ladies tell your stories of what you're doing and your journeys to get to where you are today. So it's a complete honor and pleasure for me to be able to to do this and, and have this platform to help spread the word about what you women are doing. And hopefully we inspire, help and reach as many women as we can through this platform. Yes, we appreciate you, Brad. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast today. 
My guest has been Fran Garten. She is a pain management coach. Thank you so much, Fran. I appreciate it. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca and follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.